And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have Padre Scout Team Middle Infielder 2026 Ole Miss Baseball Commit Christian Doty on the JKR Podcast for the mm. Sandy Padre Scout Team Spotlight. Christian, pumped to get you here on the show for this final week of this Padre Scout Team Spotlight. You know, it's been fun digging into this team, been fun digging into some of your teammates. I'm super excited to it'll be digging into your baseball career tonight. How are you doing? I'm pumped up to be here. Thanks for having me, but I'm doing good. Yes, awesome, sir. man. Excited to see, uh, you know, great to see that excitement here for joining the JKR podcast. But, um, you know, thank you. Know, appreciate you coming on the show. But before we dig into, you know, the Padre Scout team, before we dig into your travel baseball experience, you know, coming up there on your sophomore year in high school ball mm-hmm. as well. Um, I got one question. I always like to dig into it before we get started on the baseball questions. That is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself who uh, exactly is Christian Doty? Uh, I'm Christian Doty. I'm from a small town, Old Branch, Mississippi. Um, I'm a very family-oriented guy. Um, I'm just trying to show God's grace and mercy to the game of baseball. Okay, there we go, man. Short and simple. I like it. Uh, let's kind of go ahead. I see that Padre Scout team hat there. Let's kind of go yes, ahead and dig into everything that went on there, how you got connected with that Padre Scout team. It'll take us through that travel baseball experience so far. I know you said you've played for them this past fall, played for, you know, maybe potentially a couple other teams there in the past as well. Kind of take us through that travel baseball experience so far. 
So uh, midway through the summer, I was at uh, PG National, and I hit a home run. It's like it got posted on PG and stuff. And the Padres, which is the Padres Instagram or whatever, is ran by Brandon. And uh, he DM'd me. And so I, I DM'd him back. And then we had a few phone calls with Brandon and Cam. And then I decided to come over there because it was such a great opportunity. I felt like it would better me in the game baseball and the travel career. Okay, so Brandon reaches out. You know, you're hopping on phone calls with Brandon, hopping on phone calls with that 15-year big leaguer there, Cameron Maven. You know, what was that final, I guess, decision maker that kind of made you realize that the Padre scout team was probably going to be a good opportunity for you? Definitely uh, the how they could raise your draft stock so drastically and just like a tournament, uh, how they have like the big league scouts and the dugouts and stuff. It's it's pretty incredible what they're doing with the get, uh, travel ball. Yeah. So you end up playing for them this past fall. Was it just one tournament? Was it a couple tournaments? Kind of take us through that Padres, Padres experience so far. Uh, it was one tournament. It was in uh, Jupiter. It was the World Bat. Uh, it was a great experience. Uh, it felt like family from the very beginning. You know, first game, it felt amazing. Uh, the energy is insane. It's different than any other organization out there. It's incredible. Okay, so you being a guy from Mississippi, joining that Padre scout team there for the first time. I know you've played for a couple other travel teams, so I'm not sure if you've played on that national level before, but you go into this Padre scout team. There's guys like Nathaniel, Cody, guys from Florida, guys all the way up in Michigan, New Jersey. I believe there's a couple international guys there as well. Was that a little bit of a culture shock going to that Padre scout team for the first time, playing with guys from all over the country, some international guys as well? Kind of take us through that, what that was like, kind of going ahead and meeting guys from all over the country. Uh, Well, it wasn't much for me because BPA or whatever is connected with California, Miami, all those kids. But uh, I got to play with a bunch of uh, Dominican kids at the Select Fest, which was pretty cool. So, And I met Bruno at the Select Fest, too. So it was it was pretty cool. But no, I wouldn't say it was much of a culture shock, but it was pretty fun to meet those guys. All right, so playing with this Padre Scout team for, you know, one week there in the fall, you know, for me, digging into it with your teammates, some of your coaches here these past couple of weeks, I'm hearing that Padre Scout team is a group full of guys that are great to get along with, lots of great relationships being built there. Let's dig into that. You playing with this Padre Scout team for a week, what are some of those relationships you're able to already build with some of those teammates, with those coaches as well? Kind of take us through what those relationships are looking like. Uh, well, it's awesome. They have us, uh, they have two to each room. So you get your own roommate and I was with them barred and then we were just all going and hang out in like one room. It was awesome. Um, and the coach relationships with us is pretty incredible too. I would go and hang out in B's room all the time. And then, uh, Cam actually had an Airbnb, so I didn't see him much, but at the field with Mo and Cam was like, it was really, the relationships weren't different. It was yeah, awesome. So I don't I know Mo, I think he's been a coach there for like 20, 25 years. I had talked to him there a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, Cameron, 15-year big league, lots to learn there from him. You know, you kind of going ahead learning from him so far throughout that week, kind of seeing what you're going to be learning from him in the next, you know, coming summers as well, hearing about those big league experiences he's had. Kind of take us through what benefits do you think are going to come from learning from a guy like Cameron, learning from a guy like Mo, who's had so many years of, you know, coaching as well. Kind of take us through those benefits you see going on within your baseball career. Yeah, uh, Cam would like, we had a few conversations like on the side and it was just really cool to talk to a guy that's been in that situation before and he knows like how to get through it and like how to make it to the biggest point in your, biggest point in your career and Mo. His defensive stuff is incredible. Just like the week that I was there, I could just learn so much from him. And uh, it was pretty awesome. 
Okay, so you know, looking at that roster, obviously Mo Mo sent me that roster there a couple of weeks ago when we, I was doing that interview. Made sure we touch on a couple guys, but you know, looking at it, you going to Ole Miss, you got Nathaniel and Cody, guys in the top 100 who will probably go into you know some SEC ACC schools there when the time comes. You know, there's Wake Forest, uh, you know LSU, bunch of you know. I feel like there's the whole team's SEC ACC guys. You know, kind of going ahead and be on a roster like that. You guys being ranked so high. Kind of take us through how you guys are maybe picking each other's brains, maybe those conversations that are going on within the dugout, you know, in pregame, stuff like that. Kind of take us through how you guys are picking each other's brains. Oh, yeah, it's a it's a really good environment, you know, just hanging out with those guys in the dugout. You can learn so much from them because they're such good players and stuff. And I was just constantly learning new stuff when I was there from all the guys, and especially uh, from Lombard and the infield, how smooth he is and stuff. And, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Okay, so going through one week with them this past fall, decided to go on and play for them for that 2024 summer. Take us through, what are those expectations heading into your 16U year? Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a movie. Uh, the tournaments are going to be – I'm looking for a lot of wins. I know Cam and Brandon are too, and so is Mo. But uh, there's a lot of wins to be expected next, next summer. Yeah, that's a pretty common answer there when I talk about those 2024 expectations. Obviously, that comes with a lot of things that's gone on in the past. You look at this Padre scout team. Obviously, they went from unranked to, I believe, they're, what, number six or seven now in the country. Yeah. Going ahead and, you know, playing with this team for a week, learning underneath those coaches. Kind of take us through, what do you think has led to that Padre success that they've seen these past couple of years? Definitely the kids that they pick up, you know, they're just like their mentalities are different than anybody else's. Uh, their grit is is over the top. Like it's it's insane. You can learn so much from these kids, and just they're like the all of them are winners. Like everybody on that team wants to win. There's nobody in the dugout that wants to lose. So it's just a competitive attitude in the dugout and stuff. Okay, so being a part of a winning team, everyone just having that competitive edge. One word that everyone, like Nathaniel and Trent and all these guys were using is saying, everybody on that Padre scout team are absolute dogs, playing yeah. with passion, playing with your heart on your shoulder. Kind of you know, give us the rundown. What's that Padre scout team culture like? Being in the dugout, kind of seeing everybody playing with passion. Give us the rundown of the Padre scout team culture. Oh, it gives you gives you more energy, you know. It, wearing that jersey just makes you feel like you're someone else, you know. Get on the field, like feeling the energy from the dugout when you're out there at second or short or wherever, third. It just, it's just, it's insane. Like if you make a play, the whole dugout goes crazy. If you get, make a big hit, it, they go insane. So it's it's really cool to be on this team. So you talk about how wearing that Padres uniform kind of makes you feel like you're somebody else. Obviously, you guys are one of those few actually affiliated scout teams here in the country. Get to wear those major league uniforms on a day in and day out basis. You know, you guys being that scout team, having those uniforms, everyone kind of, you know, looking twice at you as you're walking around the ballpark. Do you think that puts a little bit of an extra target on your guys's back? You know, I don't think we feel it, but yeah, there's definitely a lot more looks when you're walking through the field. I could, I was sitting by Kai and we were walking through the field at, uh, to one of our games. We were like just looking at all the people that were staring at us in the jersey. But I mean, I, I could tell there's a target, but I wouldn't really take much notice to it. Okay. So kind of moving from the Padre Scout team to, you know, you've brought up about the PG Select Fest. You talked about that PG Sophomore National where Brandon kind of saw you play there for the first time. You know, both great events. I hear all, you know, a lot of great things about both of those events. Kind of take us through PG Select Fest, the day-to-day, -day, what the atmosphere was like, maybe even some of the relationships you're able to build with guys across the country. 
Take us through that select fest. Take us through that sophomore national. Give us the rundown on those premier events. Uh, the select fest was probably the best baseball experience I've had. Meeting all the big leaguers and having those talks in the dugouts before games and uh, meeting all those players that were there that were just absolutely phenomenal at the game was honestly incredible. You know, like just hanging out at the hotel with them, like it was it was pretty cool. I, I was room with RJ, biggest guy out there, RJ Cope. He's huge. Oh, my gosh. But it was he's the nicest kid you'll ever meet. He was awesome. But I loved it. And then the sophomore national, uh, it was like raining for most of the time. So we got delayed for like six hours or something. So we went out there and ran 60s and then uh, did the infield. And then the next morning we had BP at like seven o'clock and then we played the game and it, I hit that home run. And then I had to go home because I had to go to a different tournament, so I didn't get to play the second game. But yeah, it was they were both they were both really uh, fun experiences. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I always hear great things about both of those events going on. But you talk about all those big leaguers there at PG Select Fest. Obviously, you have Cameron Maben there as that Padre scout team coach as well. Kind of take us through when you're around big league players, kind of all just the life experience, baseball experience they have. Kind of take us through maybe some of the questions you're asking them, how you're picking their brain. What are those conversations looking like with those former big leaguers? Oh, yeah, at the Select Fest, uh, I was picking all the infield coaches' brains, you know, trying to get better. Uh, but definitely I'm going to start picking Cam's brain because I know he knows a lot. So I, and he can get me far in the game. So I'm definitely going to start talking to him more. But, you know, at the uh, it's a it's just a different energy that comes off of them. They're so mature and that, like, you just want to take in everything they're saying. So. It's yeah. incredible. Lots of lots of knowledge to be spread around when you're talking to guys who've uh, you know been playing in World Series games, playing years and years in the big leagues. Uh, definitely lots of questions to be asked. But moving from the whole travel baseball showcase scene, kind of moving it into the high school scene. I know you're saying, well, I can't, I, I can't even pronounce this. Is it Las Lasan? All right, so let's go ahead. Dig into that Lausanne experience. You played your freshman there this past spring. What was that freshman season like? You know, maybe going ahead, maybe learning, kind of being that younger guy on the team. Take us through what that freshman spring was like. Yeah, it was it was a it was a good experience. You know, the seniors took me under their wing as a freshman, and I had a good season. You know, uh, we had a good we had a good overall season. We had set a couple records, uh, but it was a. We, we ended it in the second round, I think, but not as far as we wanted to make it, but we have a better run this year, so we're going to hope to come back stronger this year. Okay, so with that being your first year of playing high school baseball, again, you're a 14-, 15-year-old kid facing guys who are going on to college that next year. Take us through some of those biggest adjustments you had to make for your freshman year of high school ball. Definitely adjusting to the – I mean, I've seen some velo, but definitely those seniors throwing, like, we faced one kid in the first round of playoffs. He was on like 96 left side. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty hard to adjust. But uh, going on through the season, I got better at it. So, Okay, so now that you do have one year, you know, one full year underneath your belt, kind of take us through now that you kind of know what to expect, what are those expectations for this team, for yourself, heading into that sophomore spring? Trying to lead all the guys, you know. not try, I'm trying to be one of those leaders that can get us farther in the playoffs, you know. Try to help some of the guys, like, if they need help on anything, you know, trying to help those kids. But overall, we're looking really good this year, so I hope we can uh, make a run for the state championship. Okay, so you talk about, you know, maybe leading some of those teammates. Obviously, you being a sophomore, there's not too many sophomores that are leading a team full of, you know, juniors and seniors sure. as well. How do you kind of see yourself stepping into that leadership role? Maybe some of those adjustments you have to make or maybe some of the struggles stepping into a role like that. Kind of take us through with that leadership 
um, evolution may look like? Yeah, we have two seniors this year, so they're really good mentors. But I'm going to try and be a captain with them and try to uh, help, like, the younger kids and, like, help some of the other kids, like, try to uh, get the grit and stuff, try to make it farther, try to push them and stuff. But, yeah, that's a – Okay, so you said you did have to make quite a few adjustments there going into your freshman year, being that youngest kid on the team facing guys who are three, four years older than you. You know, looking at that Mississippi baseball competition, what do you think is tougher? Obviously, you're facing that 96 occasion there in Mississippi high school baseball, facing kids who are a couple years older than you. Is high school baseball tougher or is it travel baseball when you're facing guys like that who are just a little bit, you know, at your common age? What's tougher and kind of what's that adjustment going from high school to travel baseball? I think uh, travel ball, because every game you'll see an arm throwing low 90, especially for the Padres. They're going to throw a better arm against you, try to beat you. But I think high school, you see some of like the low 80s, like low or high 70s, you know, you see those. But uh, travel ball is definitely, I would say, a harder circuit. Okay, so last question. Well, I got two more questions here about high school baseball. First off, you know, I haven't interviewed too many guys from the state of Mississippi, so I'm not sure what those best teams to be on the lookout for, maybe some of those best players beyond yourself in your area. Give us the rundown on that Mississippi baseball competition, you know, going through your guys' spring. Who are some of those teams you've got circled? Who are some of those guys you're facing? Give us the rundown on what that looks like in your area of Mississippi. Well, I go to school in uh, Memphis, but uh, in Mississippi, I would say like the level of competition is definitely very high. We have most of our kids around here uh, play travel ball. So there's a lot of competition, but it's definitely uh, we have South Haven. It's a big uh, PG place over there. So there's a lot of tournaments. But growing up, it was definitely some hard competition. Yes, sir. OK, so Memphis, that's in Tennessee. How far how far a drive is? That? I guess I didn't realize that you were playing ball in Tennessee. Uh, it's about 20 minutes. It's not, it's not far at all, but really. Okay. Yeah, so it's, you, it's you must be in that North, North part of Mississippi. Yeah, we're like on, we're on the very tip, like two minutes to the border. Okay. And Memphis that's close to, is it Arkansas as well? Yeah. It's like the bridge is like not even that far from the school. It's okay, like, so are you facing only, ten- are you facing only Tennessee schools or do you face the Mississippi and Arkansas schools as well? Uh, we'll play a few Mississippi schools, but most of the, most of the time we'll play a bunch of Tennessee schools. Okay. All right. So uh, last question when it comes to high school baseball, you know, kind of the same thing I asked there about travel ball, you know, looking back there on your freshman year, going through this fall ball already as well. What would be some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think about high school baseball? Uh, High school. uh, The best moment I had was it was the second round of play or I think it was, yeah, second. We made it to third. So second. Yeah. And I came up, we were playing a team called St. George's. It's a local team. And they came up, they, we held them to zero. And then I came up, I hit a home run. And my brother, he's a junior this year. He came up behind me and we hit back-to-back home runs. That was pretty fun. But that was probably the highlight of my high school season. Yeah, for sure. Anytime you can go back-to-back with your bro, you know, that's that that's a darn good yeah. day. Um, yeah, what's, that good. I, what, what's that experience playing with your brother? He's what, one year older than you? Kind of take us through yeah, he's that. Not, he's one year older. So growing up, I would play on his team and stuff. And uh, high school was really fun to play with him because we haven't played with each other in a few years. So it was fun to share the field with him again. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, let's kind of go ahead, kind of move into the recruiting process. You know, you being from Mississippi, staying home, going to Ole Miss. Let's dig into how exactly that happened. Take us through that recruiting process. You know, when was it that it got started for you? When was it that some of those coaches and teams started reaching out? Take us through that recruiting process. So uh, I had some phone calls in the summer. 
of 2022 and or last year I had phone calls with some schools and then in the fall I got after the select fest I got in touch with more and then I played at, in Memphis and my coach I played really good that weekend his name's Ben Sheets I don't know if you know him, but he's like a big big leader and he was like I don't know why this kid isn't in contact with like Mississippi State and Ole Miss so he gave him a call and so to coach Russ they got me in touch with them and I think they saw me again and then uh Ole Miss got me on a zoom call with coach Bianca and he offered me on the Zoom. All and right. Then, uh, Sorry, and then a ahead. few, like, like a few weeks, uh, I think it was like two weeks after I think I committed because it was the place I wanted to go and it, they made me feel like family. So, All right. So that recruiting process getting started there for the summer of 2022, if I'm doing my math right, that's before you're even stepping foot in a high school classroom and you're talking about where you're going to college. So kind of sure. take us through. Going through your mind at that point, talking to some colleges, kind of talking to some coaches. Again, haven't stepped room and st haven't stepped foot in the high school classroom. What's going through your mind at that point? Uh, the first call I got, I was like, I was uh, at my brother's game and it was at the World Battle. I was playing up, and I was at his game and uh, the someone texted me. I forgot who it was, but he was like, "Pepper, I want to get in touch with you." So I like walked over and I called the coach and I was like, after after that, I felt like uh, I could make it somewhere in the college. So. It was pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty incredible. Okay. So as that recruiting process was getting started for you, you're talking to Pepperdine, you know, you said Ole Miss starts talking to you, Mississippi State. I'm sure there were some other schools mixed in there as well. Kind of take us through what those initial conversations are looking like. What are some questions they're asking you? What are some questions you're asking them to kind of get to know about them and their program? Just kind of take us through what some of those initial conversations are looking like. Yeah, I would just ask them how they uh, how they feel about the pro program and how they see it in the future and what they see in the next four years or whenever I get there and trying to feel how they make me feel like family and how they make me feel welcome is definitely the biggest part I would look for. Okay, so you said Ole Miss always kind of was a spot that you kind of realized that you always kind of wanted to go. What exactly was that for? I mean, what exactly made that happen? You know, what were some of those key things you were looking for? What was it that put Ole Miss on top? Kind of give us the rundown of what exactly you were looking for. They had an edge because growing up, uh, I loved Ole Miss. But whenever I got to talk to the coaches, I was like, this is the one. Uh, just talking to Bianco, Clement, and Coach Lafferty, it was, it was awesome. All right. So, you know, they get you on a Zoom. They give you that offer. You said it takes you a couple there, a couple weeks before you are committing. Kind of take us through what was that final click that made you realize, okay, you know what? I think Ole Miss is going to be the spot for me. Kind of take us through that. I was just trying to visualize, like, seeing myself there and, like, seeing how I would produce coming out of there. And I saw myself coming out of there better than I would enter. So uh, I thought it was a really good choice that I, that I would take, and I took it. So here I am now. All right. So with you being in the class of 2026, you are in that one, you know, kind of unique spot. You know, that new NCAA, that new NCAA regulation came into effect after that commitment to where you can't be talking to those college coaches until August 1st of your junior year. Um, kind of take us through that relationship you had with that Ole Miss coaching staff before that regulation and then kind of what your you know excitement is heading into August 1st when you start those conversations over again. Yes, sir. Uh, before the cutoff, uh, me and Lafferty would call every two weeks and it was it was honestly like a really fun time to call him and stuff because he would just make it a fun call. And uh, right before the deadline, I think I called him the day before, and he was like, we love you, man. Like, it really – it was a special phone call. But, yeah, I can't wait till August 1st so I can talk to them again. But Yeah, I'm sure, you know. And I always like talking to you guys. And, you know, for a while it was the class of 2025, too, because there's a lot of guys 
who have some for some of those guys have already been committed for like two years, and then now all of a sudden they can't talk to their college coaches there for a little bit. Um, but looking at this, you know, kind of sticking on the topic of relationships, I'm looking at this Ole Miss 2026 recruiting class already. Looking like you guys got four guys in that class. Um, you know, at this moment in time, I'm sure that'll go up once that August 1st date comes. Um, kind of take us through the relationships you have with some of those guys in that 26 recruiting class, maybe guys in the 25 class as well. What are those relationships looking like with your future teammates? Uh, Cole Prosek, uh, he, me and him committed, I think, back to back weeks. And we've, we've played on travel teams since we were like, I think, nine. We started playing when we were nine or 10 or something like that. But we've played together for a long time. But we split up on travel ball ways. But, but uh, yeah, we were, we're playing on rooming together at Ole Miss. So it's a, and then one of the other kids, I fa- he's a pitcher. He's a right-handed pitcher. I faced him in California whenever we went out there for that UBC. And he was throwing some Chad. But, yeah, he's, he's really good. All right, looking like Prosac, he's uh he's a, he's another middle infielder, so it looks like you guys might have a pretty good pretty good relationship yes. up in the middle of the diamond. But um, you know, you are playing on uh, obviously with this Padre Scout team when you're going to PG Select Fest and PG National as well. I mean, you were around some of those best players in the country. Kind of take us through. Are you kind of acting like a recruiter to Ole Miss in a way to some of those guys? Like, you know what? Uh-huh. Come- let's go to Mississippi let's go take our let's go win ourselves a college world series you kind of you know kind of kind of throwing Ole Miss their way yes sir I'm always uh telling the kids that are around me I'm telling them come to the SIP because it's the best spot and hopefully we can uh win a national championship while we're there so what'd you call you the SIP is that the nickname for it that's that's the term they use now it's called come to the SIP because Mississippi okay all right um I'll have to I'll have to start saying that when I talk to those Ole Miss guys but, uh, you know, looking ahead there, too, when you do step foot on campus, you know, you are a middle infielder, Cole, as well. Kind of take us through where you kind of see yourself heading to these next couple of years. I know I'm looking through your PG account. I think it says middle infield, also maybe outfield as well. Kind of take us through where you see yourself in these years to come. Well, uh, I love playing the infield, but if that's not it, uh, if scouts don't see me there, I can play outfield, too. So, and I can catch and, like, pitch. I can go anywhere on the field, but – I love playing the infield. The infield is always where I've loved to play, but yeah, I can play anywhere out there. Okay. So being a guy who can play pretty much there anywhere on the field, kind of take us through those adjustments you have to make, whether that's going from second base to shortstop, maybe shortstop to outfield. What are some of those adjustments you have to make going position to position? Yeah. Shortstop to second is probably the easiest one. I would say most people don't feel the same way, but I feel it's like the same thing, just a shorter throw from second. But uh, the outfield, I don't really think there's – I wouldn't change – I mean, I don't really think about changing anything when I move from the outfield to the infield because I've just done it so much. But I just don't feel anything different from it, yeah. So kind of making that transition from the fielding side to the hitting side, pretty much everybody's favorite part of the game of baseball. Take us through that hitting approach. You know, you're on deck. You're watching the bat, You're watching the pitcher warm up, whatever. Take us through what's going through your mind as you're starting to whack up, walk up to that batter's box. Take us through that hitting approach. Uh, I just try to stay calm and uh, I visualize like what pitch he's going to throw and try to see how it's going to come in. But I know most people don't do that, but I try to visualize where it's at. Whenever I get up there, I stay calm and like try to stay compact, try to stay simple, find gaps. But yeah, that's uh, usually my approach. Uh, But whenever I'm feeling like a 3-0 count, like I think it was in PG National, it was 2-0. And I was like, if he throws one, I'm going to get extended on it. It's going to go. But yeah. So are you a big two-strike approach guy, or do you kind of keep it the same no matter what the count is? 
I'll, I'll change up some stuff on two strikes. I'll choke up and spread out and try not to stride. But, yeah, I don't like striking out much. Okay. So uh, let's kind of go ahead, dig into the mechanics here a little bit. Um, you know, whether that's two-strike approach, you said you're widening out, whether that's, you know, just any other count as well. Take us through those mechanics from the load-up to the follow-through. What are those mechanics looking like and how maybe they've evolved here these past couple of years as you've matured as a baseball player? I've definitely tried to stay more to the right side. It, just stay on the right side because it can't harm me. Yeah, I've tried to stay away from the pool. But trying to coil my hips to try to generate power has probably been the most recent and trying not to come across the ball off my front shoulder. But I usually usually I, I stay through it good now because I've worked on coming across it so much. But trying to coil the hips is the big thing right now, try to gain power. All right. So I just got a couple more questions here about the baseball side of things before we do dig into that final segment. So right now it's the off season. I know you said there's not too much going on here at this moment in time. Let's dig into that off season development. What are some of those things you're working on this off season? What are some of those key points of emphasis? And then even taking that question a little bit further development, two, three years down the road, when you're stepping foot on Ole Miss's campus, what are some of those key points of emphasis you're wanting to work on? before you get on campus? Right now I'm working on size and uh, speed. I'm trying to get bigger and trying to get, get faster, but I'm in the weight room, I think five days a week and uh, and uh, hitting and fielding uh, every day. So right now I see myself uh, going to Ole Miss. I'll see myself as a pretty big guy, really fast. I like to be fast, try to find gaps. I, I want to be able to bunt and hit home runs. So try to be a utility. Yeah, be be one of those five tool players of you know kind of reaching yeah. to that toolbox like Trent Maven likes to say. But um, last baseball question here for you before we do dig into that final segment, you know, kind of taking your game's entirety, looking at it whether that's playing shortstop, playing second, playing the outfield, bunting, hitting home runs, whatever, base running. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself? I think my hitting side is probably the biggest part of my game, I would notice. Uh, I'm a pretty consistent hitter, and my defense is usually always consistent. I can make some flashy plays, and I can hit some pretty far balls. But usually whenever I, I would think a scout would come, they'd probably take notes on my, my hitting because I'm usually consistent. Okay. All right. So digging into that final segment, like I said, digging into the personal side, we got to let these listeners know who you are as a person, not just as a ball player. So. Yeah. First off, passions beyond the game of baseball. Again, you said it's the offseason. Not too much going on. So beyond working out, getting in the cages, what are some of those passions, some of those hobbies that you have beyond the game of baseball? Golf is definitely – I think I like golf better than baseball. I'm a big golfer. I golf probably three to four times a week on Sundays, everything. Uh, but golf is definitely my biggest hobby. I think eating is one of my biggest hobbies too. I eat a lot, a lot. Okay, so two questions off of that. You know, you say golf. I know me when I was growing up, my dad didn't let me golf during baseball season. He said it, you know, messes up your swing, quote unquote. Yes, sir. So is that is that a myth or is that a true thing? You know, people have their different opinions on that. My dad says the same thing, but me and Caleb would just me and my brother would just go out there and play all the time. He uh actually banned golf for like three months because I went to a tournament before uh Jupiter with the Padres and I didn't have a single hit the whole weekend he goes this is because of golf bans me from golf and then I, after we went to Jupiter I was done with uh summer boss or fall boss so I've been on the golf course a lot okay yeah I have I'm I'm a pretty shitty golfer I have to say and I think that's thanks <laughs> to my dad telling me I, I can't go golfing during baseball season 
but um, you also say you like eating. So what's some of those go-to meals you're working on? Oh, definitely spaghetti. Spaghetti is number one. But uh, other than that, there's a lot of chicken involved and in getting the protein, but spaghetti is definitely number one. Okay. All right. Um, so moving from, you know, kind of the passions and hobbies to the motivation side of things, kind of take us through what are those motivations that help you get out of bed, help you continuously evolve as a baseball player, as a ball, sorry, as a ball player, as a person, what would be some of those motivations that you have? I think uh, my brother definitely motivates me more than anything, but yeah, just trying to, uh, trying to get like him and uh, we're going the game together. So we're trying to make it as far as we can together. So yeah, definitely him. Okay. So taking that motivation question a little bit further, let's say you keep staying motivated to get better as a ball player, as a person, what is that perfect picture of your life? 20 years down the road, everything's going right. You keep working hard at whatever your dream is. What does that perfect picture look like? Definitely living in the Bahamas with a big house. Got me a boat. Uh, got a wife, some kids, you know, running around the house. But, yeah, that's probably my dream. Yeah. Okay. So you talk about a boat. Are you a big fisherman guy, too? Or are you just like, is that, is that a speedboat or a fishboat? Well, we usually, uh, we have a we have a surf boat. So you, like, get on the back and they're, like, throw up a wave and you surf on it. Have you seen that where you throw the rope in? Yeah, we, we do that. Yeah. And I'll definitely have one of those, but I like to have a deep sea fishing boat too. go out there okay. catching big ones. Okay. I've always, you know, I see, I see people down in Miami all the time catching those, those big, yeah. those big islands, having them hang up on the wall. I'm like, man, I, I want to go do that sometime, but you know, those, those, yeah. uh, those surf boats are pretty fun too. You know, trying to, you know, wave around, mm -hmm. trying to knock people off. Yeah, the those are fun, uh, yes, but um, I got, I got six more questions here for you, man, before we do exactly. end it off. I'm going to be kind of like a rapid fire pace here. So three rounds of two questions. First off, coolest contact in your phone, you know, kind of, you know, beyond Cameron Mabin, I kind of have to throw that in here for all you Padre scout team guys, who would be that coolest contact, co coolest contact beyond cam. And then second question, go to playlist, you know, whether that's a long drive, whether that's working out, whatever, what would be that go-to playlist you're putting on the speakers? uh i'd say playlist i'd say uh i got some taylor swift on there i'm not gonna lie i got some uh sexy red on there but uh yeah and then go-to number would probably be definitely ben sheets ben sheets is probably the funniest guy i've ever met you know i get in contact with him all the time yeah i'd probably say he, he's the coolest contact i got okay so is ben sheets he a mississippi guy he's a louisiana guy Louisiana yeah, guy. Okay. all right i remember uh when i was playing i'll be the show back a little I don't want to age him, but probably, it's probably, it's probably a few years ago yeah. where he was always like a guy that I always tried to trade for, try, you know, whether that was trade <laughs> yes, for free agency. For some reason, Ben Sheets was my guy there and it will be the show. But uh, moving into that second segment of two questions, let's say I'm taking a trip to your part of Mississippi. You know, I'm not, I'm not a guy who's been in Mississippi before, so I got to make sure I check out the cool things going on there. What would be some of those recommendations you got for me? And then second question, let's say you're having dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would be at that table? Uh, I'd say at the table to eat, I would probably go Babe Ruth. We got a, uh, Jazz Chislam and probably Elon Musk. Yeah. And then, okay. uh, yeah. Sorry, what was the other question? I forgot. Uh, uh, area recommendations. Like, let's say I'm taking a oh, trip to uh, if you come down on a weekend and the football season or baseball season, you definitely got to come to an Ole Miss game. The energy is insane. 
especially at that Texas A&M game last weekend, they went crazy after they missed the field goal. It was pretty cool. I'm sure I hear great things about SEC football and baseball. I've been to uh, sadly only one baseball game, no football game. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to change football that here. Game come and go see kind of go see what's going on there and check out that uh you know um sec culture but you talk about that table jazz chisholm babe ruth you know i'm sure you'll be asking about hitting approach and different things like that there elon musk what's the, what i guess you know kind of some of the questions you're asking him why why is he going to be at your dream table gotta have a rich person somewhere you know he's gonna you know he's i'm gonna try to ask some wealthy questions try to get a little bit richer but yeah that's why he's there Okay. All right. Um, so final two questions here for you. Um, let's say you're scrolling through TikTok and you're going through that for you page. What are some of those different videos that you're seeing? I know TikTok does a, a great job at, you know, showing you videos that you want to see. Um, and then final question, dream NIL brand, you get to Ole Miss, you get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that dream brand to endorse collaborate or partner with? I think number one would definitely be Nike, but I think second would be Old Spice. He always got to smell good, so that would be a pretty nice one. Okay. All right. And then what about that TikTok for you page? The uh, TikTok for you page, you know, mine's looking like a bunch of females, but uh, uh, there's there's baseball in there, but, you know, it, it goes to preferences, so I guess there's a whole lot of my preferences. I'm sure. I'm sure. But uh you know, that NIL brand, you know, a lot of people do bring up Nike. Obviously, you know, if you're getting re if Nike's reaching out to you, you're doing something right as a baseball player. Sure. But first time I've heard Old Spice, you know, that's, uh, uh, you know, I guess kind of unique answer there. So I like it. I like it when people like to mix it up. But um, anyway, man, that that's the final question here for you on the J-Care podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great getting to meet you. Great getting to learn about your baseball career. You know, as you do go through these next couple of years, go through, you know, your career there at Ole Miss and hopefully years and years beyond that as well. I do want to wish you the best of luck within your baseball career. But again, man, just appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Thank you.